Folks, uh, Chantal Deloge is the founder and senior partner of Deloge Law Group, specialist in citizenship, immigration, and refugee law. And all I know is that of all of the people we posted about today's show on all of our social media outlets, whether it be the Twitter or the uh, ah. the Instagram or the, the Facebook or if you go on the Google and type in our show, you'll find all those things. All I know is that the Chantal Deloge has had more reaction on social media than any of the other big names. Why are all of your fans so creepy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're stalking me. <laughs> you have a lot of fans. All this uh, do-good stuff you do is probably paying off now, I think. Hey? Well, I, I think that there's a lot of general interest in talking about immigration issues, refugee issues, international human rights. People are very interested in it. Yeah. You think that's the reason that people are stalking you on, on social media profiles? <laughs> Well, I guess no. I just have a lot to say about the subject. So, Chantal, what I'm trying to say is you're a really nice person that does a lot of nice stuff, and I think people actually stink and like you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you one of them? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't like you at all. Remember that Christmas party where the, where the chimney smoked out and we had to oh, throw yeah. logs out the window? Were you there for that one? Yeah, I was. That was the year that you asked everybody to talk about their Christmas traditions. And the only one that I could think of is I always have an uncle that gets really drunk and starts a fight. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same year Tim talked about his dog giving him a Christmas goose early. Yes. And Pam probably mentioned their Christmas tradition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to talk about anything. Okay, let's move along. <laughs> got to get out of this conversation quickly. Uh, by the way, the website is deloge.ca, D-E-S-L-O-G-E-S.ca. Chantel, I just saw an article last night, I think it might have been a HuffPost article, that talked about, somebody said, why are we not letting anybody who speaks French just come right into the country? Have you seen that? Did you see that article? I didn't see that article, yeah. actually, but that's a crazy idea. Crazy good or crazy crazy? No, crazy bad. Yeah. I mean, why should only your linguistic skill count for immigration there's so many other factors that are relevant tim how are her levels is she as loud she's as she's going am? in and out but that's okay no, okay i got you fam i'm loud no you're not um is there anything that we need to know about immigration law as a whole like first first of all let's just admit something here unless someone's experiencing some current immigration scenario they don't give a holy grunt about this next 20 minutes okay um but what they do care about is our country Mm -hmm. Right. And even that, like, you know, Canadians are usually a little apathetic when it comes to our country. You know, they're not rah, rah, patriotic. Mm. But I, I've experienced two ends of the spectrum when it comes to Canadian patriotism. One is the nationalist point of view that Faith Goldie is rattling on about and people are pulling fire, fire alarms at her speeches at universities. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about when mm -hmm. I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. I do. So this whole um, well, well, can you summarize her thing? Well, I, I think the issue uh, with her is that she thinks that immigration and multiculturalism has become a little bit too lenient and we're in danger of losing our own culture because of, you know, a preference for others. And we're so politically correct that, you know, we can't have an honest conversation about um, cultural differences. Right. So here's the thing, though. Is is that wrong? What do you I mean, you probably I don't know if you're allowed to say right or wrong or whatever, but. Well, you're in your own private practice. You can say whatever the heck you want. Mm -hmm. Is it weird that, that even even I felt a little agreement with that? What does that mean? Am I a bad person? Yes. Uh, no. no. <laughs> well, yes, but not because of this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wow. 
Kate, uh, no, I, we need to sample that and put it on a commercial. Yes. <laughs> I, I think at the root of it, there is a good point. At, at the root of it, there is a concern that we can become so politically correct or so open-minded that our brain falls out. Right. And we don't draw lines uh, around what we really think is right or wrong because we're afraid of offending someone. Right. At the core of it, there, there is a kernel of truth. But the problem is all the circus that happens around that. I mean, when you say those ideas in public, you tend to adra- attract a lot of fringe crazies who really are just racists. And uh, they sort of use that as a platform to get more and more extreme. That's right. the issue. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. So there is something to it, but it attracts whack jobs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why didn't you just say that? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> um, <to> be nice. <laughs> hey, by the way, how was, did you go to a little party for Mr. Kenny uh, recently? Isn't he a pal? Aren't you guys tight? Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we're, I would say we're friends. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he was visiting from Alberta because he was going to the uh, Ontario Provincial uh, leadership convention. Okay. And, um, yeah, he had a little shindig over in Scarborough and I attended that. It was really nice to see him after a long time. It was great to see how many people actually are, are really, uh, fond of him yeah. because the, in Ontario, he has nothing to do with Ontario anymore. So none of those people had anything were there to suck up, right? They had nothing to gain from no. him. So they were there just really because Isn't they like that him. Cool. See, that's a great litmus test. I've always had a good vibe about that guy. Mm. I think it's the Irish. <laughs> you know, I think that's what it is. But he's not an Irish dead guy, so... No, see, again, people don't know what you're talking about because you made a reference see, to something we, way we, earlier in the show. We draw them into having to listen again online. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Which will sure, be up by sure. Friday, yeah. put up there by the... Uh, Folks, Tim's back. Um, let's get into the the uh, pitfalls when it comes to people out there who, who are thinking, geez, you know what? I do need an immigration lawyer. And they, and they go through the yellow pages or they drive by and see a sign somewhere or they go, oh, I have this friend who does it or whatever. What are the pitfalls? What do you need to be careful of? Maybe they're not going to hire you, Chantel. Like, not everybody hires Chantel Deloge. So if they're not going to hire you, it's a weird way to advertise you. <laughs> if they're not going to hire you, what don't you want them to do? You, make sure you don't what? Well, there, there are two things that you need to look for in a good representative. Number one, do they actually know what they're doing? And number two, do they care? Because How do you know that until you hire them? Right. So, well, you have to check their qualifications, first of all, right? So you don't only look at a website because anybody can spend a lot of money on a website and look really snazzy. Yeah. And there's Apparently no s- not us, right, girls? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, it, but there's no substance to it. So you want to check their credentials, make sure that they're properly licensed, see if they've done things like, you know, public speaking. Have they written any articles or books or anything like that about this subject? Uh, and once you satisfy themselves yourself whether um, they know what they're doing, you you got to actually have a conversation with this person. What you know, if you're overseas, you might not be able to do that in person, but you should be able to get a flavor for whether they they, they care about people or not. And sure. don't be afraid to check references. Yeah. What about a Skype meeting with a potential lawyer? Would you recommend that if you can't get to them? I guess that's the next best thing. I actually do that all the time. I do video um, consultations with clients all the time over the internet. Okay. Um, Is it cheaper? Uh, no, it's not. This is not going well. This is not going well. Okay, so a couple of secrets to, in order to how do how do you choose a good lawyer? So you've got to. Can I just chime in something here? I would imagine it'd be similar to finding a therapist. You you kind of go to somebody, and and if there's a click there, mm-hmm. then that's good. But if it, if there's not a click there, don't be afraid. And, you know, of offending them. It's such a Canadian thing. Oh, you know, I'm going to stay with them. Well, how come? Well, I don't like them, but well, then why are you staying with them? Well, because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a silly reason to stay with a representative just because you don't want to hurt their feelings. I mean, you want to be with this is a hugely important decision for a lot of people. They're going to change their life by relocating to a different country. Mm-hmm. That is really big. Uh, you want to be sure that you are with the right person to see you through that process. Not only someone who's going to do the job right, but somebody who's going to hold your hand along the way and make you feel comfortable and make sure you understand. One of the things that is my litmus test for how awesome you are as a human being, Chantel Deloge, D-E-S-L-O-G-E-S dot C-A, is how many cases you turn away. Mm. Yeah, I do that a fair bit because not everybody has a good chance. Um, you know, when I meet somebody for the first time, I'll ask them a whole series of questions to determine whether there's actual merit to their case. Uh, you know, a- anybody can apply for anything. If you pay the money, you can apply for whatever. But mm-hmm. the question is, are you going to actually get it? Do you have a good chance to get it? And if somebody does not have a good chance, I will tell them to just save their money. Huh. Can you give, me, uh, give us an example of that? Recently, where you just said to somebody, yeah, no, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, it just happened last week. There was a, a couple in my office um, from a South Asian country and uh, were interested in staying in Canada, but didn't have any of the qualifications like high education, strong English, young age, good work experience, didn't have any of those things. I'm sorry, strong English right. is a qualification to get into Canada? English or French, yes. Dude, we're in trouble, man. No, that's not where I was going. I mean, obviously, this is going to sound right, whatever racist, but I've seen, I've met hundreds of people who's who cannot hardly speak English. Apparently, right. <laughs> similar to me, can't speak Back no English. Point, yeah. No English. Yeah. So if you if you want to immigrate just based on your own skills, you have to have a high linguistic ability. But if you come, for example, as a refugee or oh, okay. sponsored by a spouse or right, your right, kids right. or something like that, then okay. you don't. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, they, they didn't have any of those qualifications. So then the next thing I looked at is, well, could they fit maybe under compassionate category? And when I discovered a little bit more about their life, you know, they didn't really have any family here. Most of their family was back home. There was just nothing particularly compelling about it. It's the right. same story that I may have heard from hundreds of people. And I, I just told them, you know, you could apply for this if you wanted to, but if I were you, I would save your several thousand dollars and use it and go home and go on with your life. Wow. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you got your heart broke? Wait, in terms of immigration stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happens all the time at the refugee board, but I, I think the, the most recent um, one that happened was an immigration appeal. It was a woman who um, had... At, at a point in her past, misrepresented some facts to immigration and got her immigration through fraudulent means, but then had gone on to live a very exemplary life and turned herself around and became contributing and had a couple of uh, little kids who were Canadian. And so when we went on appeal to try to explain the compassionate factors, I really thought that she had a good case, but unfortunately the board member didn't see it that way and, and upheld her removal order. And that really made me sad because... You know, the board member only meets that person for a couple of hours. A lawyer would meet with this person over a couple of years and really get to know them. And I know that she deserved to stay here, and it was really upsetting that she didn't win. So I know we sort of touched on this, but I just want to zone in a little more clearly on what exactly determines if somebody has a good immigration case. Well, it depends. I mean, there are over... 80 different categories of immigration visas, and they all have different rules. But if someone was, for example, just wanting to come into Canada on their own merit, what you're looking for is someone ideally who is under the age of 35, uh, has very high linguistic ability in either English or French, and even better if they have both. 
They should have uh, several years, up to five years of skilled work experience, meaning not like a retail job or something like that. It has to be something that you need a college education for. Right. And the higher the education, the better. So bachelor degree is good. Master's is even better. PhD is but even do, better. But do we not hear all the time about, oh, I used to be a doctor in this country. And now mm-hmm. I'm driving cab here. So yeah. what does it matter? Well, that, that's a big problem. But what, what the government is looking for when they're selecting people is not what type of, like, it's not whether you were a doctor or a lawyer or this or that. It's whether you have... Uh, the adaptability and the necessary skills to be able to adapt to life here. Mm. So they're saying skilled work experience of any kind. Okay, that could be like a manager in a drugstore, for example. Uh, but they, they're looking for sort of educated people, uh, young enough that they're going to maybe add to our population increase here in Canada. Um, and people They that, want that. Yeah, I would have thought, oh, if you're going to think you're going to come here and have kids and have uh, our health care system pay for your family. <laughs> no, they, we want that. I mean, uh, Canada, without immigration, uh, would be in a negative decline. Our population would be decreasing, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. And that would be a disaster economically. So we need population growth. And the best population growth is people have babies here. I want to uh, reintroduce our guest. Her name is Chantelle Deloge. She is founder and senior partner of Deloge Law Group, specialist in citizenship, citizenship, immigration, and refugee law. And uh, thrilled to have this young lady on our show each and every time. Chantelle, when was the last time you went to see some good country music? Oh, uh, that's a good question. A few months ago, I think. I can't even remember the last one, but I'm headed to Nashville in June. Are you really going back? Yeah. Oh, Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Go every year. Do you? Mm-hmm. L- looking for new clients? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Well, That'd spe- be a great gig. Speaking of that, have you actually, because we heard, we, everybody, right, especially in Hollywood, well, if Donald Trump gets elected president, we're going to Canada. And they all sounded like that. Because, you know, people in Hollywood are on a lot of drugs. My dad is the best with impressions. <laughs> yeah. um, did you get a, an influx of Americans saying, we want to come to your country? No. Um, there was a slight uptick, uh, not from any of those people that publicly said that they were going to, but right. um, mostly from uh, Muslims in America who were feeling uncomfortable with a lot of the rhetoric. Uh, around immigration and yeah, around... could they actually make a case about living under an oppressive regime? No, it, that that would be almost impossible to win. Okay. Uh, they're not refugees by any means, but okay. they're certainly feeling uncomfortable enough to give up a life in America. Didn't think about Canada. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, has anything changed in the immigration laws? Anything changed recently about the Canadian citizenship law? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a big change actually in October. Uh, the government changed the uh, qualifications for citizenship to make it easier for people who are permanent residents to make the transition to uh, Canadian citizenship. So uh, one of the major changes was that they decreased the amount of time that you have to live in Canada before you can apply. So it used to be four years uh, out of a a six-year window, and now it's three years out of a five-year window. So people can apply after three years, which helped a lot of people. Sure. Okay, so this is good news. Yeah, it, it's good. I mean, I, I guess it depends on your point of view. I mean, there is a way of looking at it that says, look, Canadian citizenship is very valuable. We should make it difficult to get so that people appreciate it and strive for it. But there's another line of thinking, you know, equally logical, I think, that says, that, you know, there's no benefit to be had in keeping people out of citizenship so that they can't participate fully in society, for example, by voting. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Policy. Yeah. Um, what about crossing the border 
Like just sneaking across the border. <laughs> like swimming across Niagara Falls. Right. Well, aside from the obvious danger <laughs> of doing that. Um, <laughs> no, but is that happening a lot? It does happen. I've heard about some sneaky deekies over there in right. Saskatchewan. Because there's no Niagara Falls there. Right, right. Yeah, because Canada and U.S. have the longest undefended border in the world. And there are huge swaths of land, particularly in the prairies, where it's just like the border, there's no guard or anything. There's no stinking border. They're farms and stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah. So um, the the problem that we're seeing now is that uh, if a refugee claimant comes to a Canadian border point and says, from the U.S., and says, I'd like to be a refugee, there's a treaty between Canada and U.S. which blocks them from doing that. So if they came through the U.S., they have to claim in the U.S. They can't cross into Canada and say, I want to make my claim here. Right. They can't go, Ex- I'm here. Right, exactly. But uh, it doesn't apply if you don't show up at a regulated border crossing. So if I walk across a farmer's field in Manitoba... Oh, and you go, wait a second, I'm in Canada? Wait, what? How I'm did al- I get here? <laughs> I'm already in Canada. Then you can actually make a refugee claim. So all of these people really? that are fleeing from Donald Trump policies and don't know where to go are saying, well, you know, if we show up at the border point, we're not going to be able to get into Canada. But if we just walk across somewhere else, then we will be able to make a claim. So it's a, bar- it's a totally bizarre situation, but it's as a result of this treaty. What do you think uh, God people should do when it comes to ratting people out? Oh, that's a good question. I, that My lawyer brain is fighting with my Christian brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love this honesty. Love it. I, 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 don't, I don't believe in ratting people out. I think that uh, it would be a good <laughs> idea to encourage people to come forward if they have done something wrong and yeah. try to regularize their status, which is something, as a lawyer, I do that every day. I say to people, look, I, I'm not judging you. For whatever you did, mm-hmm. but this is the way that you're going to go straight and try to clean it up. And if you're not going to go straight and try to clean it up, then I'm not going to help you. I like that. I like that a lot. Chantal Deloge is also an author, <gasps> a published author. What? How many books do you have, Chantal Deloge? Well, it's just the one so far, but we've just finished writing the second edition, and it's going to be published in June. What's, so, what's it about? It's about Canadian immigration and refugee law, which is pretty much all I know about. <laughs> so, is it, is it a children's music? book? Yes, yeah. no. <laughs> Pop-up well, children's book? I, I, I co-authored it with a very good friend of mine. Her name is Catherine Sawicki. And uh, both of us uh, are really strong in different kinds of immigration work. So her specialization is a little bit different from mine. Okay. Uh, so we split up the chapters and we each wrote half. And what we tried to do is we tried to make a book that had enough advanced content that even an experienced immigration lawyer would get good tips out of it, yet it's written in simple enough language that anyone could just pick it up, a layperson could just pick it up if you were interested about immigration and just read it and be able to understand. If I uh, got your book, which is called what, by the way? It's called Canadian Immigration and Refugee Law, a Practitioner's Handbook. It's quite a mouthful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. If I picked up this book, Chantel, would I still have to hire you, or is everything in there? <laughs> it's actually very, very explanatory. What are you um, doing? You just cut all your business off. <laughs> no, I, I think when you read about a topic generally, it's very different from applying that topic yeah. to your own situation, yeah. and that's where your legal experience comes in. That Okay, here's how the law works, but how does it work for this individual person? Can I, I want to talk about uh, appeals, because it seems like when the courts make a decision it's never really a decision it seems like everything can be appealed and appealed and appealed and appealed is it the same in immigration 
No, not really. I mean, there are usually for an immigration decision, there will only be one or two levels of appeal. So certain types of cases, if they're refused, they go to a tribunal. And then if the tribunal refuses it, you can go to the federal court where a real judge will actually review that decision. But usually that's the end of it. Uh, and for other types of decisions, you can't even go to a tribunal. You just have to go to the federal court, and it's one kick at the can. The only way that you can go higher is if the judge who is refusing you at the first level thinks that there's a question of general importance that affects not only you but maybe a big range of people, and it's important for the higher court to decide it. But that it's not that common. How many people do you have uh, at uh, the Deloge Law Group these days? I think we are right now 11 people. Wow. Remember yeah. when, when it was just you? Do you yeah. remember those days? <laughs> Actually, you know what? There was a, a lot of really good things. <laughs> there were a lot of really good things about those days. Life was simpler. Yeah, she's yearning for the simple times. Yeah. Where are your offices are where again? Right downtown Toronto. So right on the corner of King and Young, okay. in the middle of the financial district, right on top of King Subway Station. Okay. All right. right. As far as, you know, there's a lot of people that are that are God people, they, they're part of churches or ministries or whatever, and, um, you know, missionary stuff, and I'm sure that they want to hire so-and-so from that land to come over here and do things over here, and right? right? So is there any leniency for people who love Jesus, <laughs> you know, in terms of the law? You know, yeah. oh, you love Jesus? Sure, come on in. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no, um, no, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, right. That's not a carte blanche. Uh, anyway, yes. Um, there, there are some exceptions in the law for people uh, who are coming in to do religious work. Right. Uh, so that's not only Christians. That could be like a Muslim imam or it could be a Hindu priest or something like that. Um, but they, they facilitate that kind of thing because they understand that uh, as a policy um, as a policy issue, people need to have their spirit spiritual needs fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are special types of visas for people like that if they've got an organization here who's sponsoring them in. Okay. Uh, and I get a lot of calls like that. We do a ton of that kind of work, actually. So who has a better chance of getting someone in the country? A church saying that we want to bring in this Jesus person because they're going to be great helping us sell Jesus here in Canada, number one. Or uh, our, we have a family member that lives over there, and that person who's living over there it no longer believes the religion of the land, now believes a different religion. And if, it, if, if they get found out, they're going to get killed. Mm -hmm. So we want them over here. Right. Compare those two. Well, both of them would have a good chance of getting admitted. So the person coming over as, uh, say, a missionary or a, a guest pastor or something like that yeah. would come in on a temporary visa, usually. Okay. okay. So they would have to renew that, and they may or may not be able to stay forever. Uh, the second case that you're talking about would be more like a refugee claim. Okay. So that person would... Uh, either be sponsored as a refugee from overseas, or if they manage to somehow make it to Canada, they can make the refugee claim here. And if they're able to prove that they would be persecuted by their government or not protected by their government, uh, then that would be a good case. Is it easier if they've already got someone here? Or, or could they be just a, a somebody from that country and they're, you know, let's say they're, they're in a, a predominantly Muslim country and whoever's in ruling power has declared something that says, uh, if you're not a Muslim uh, or if you convert to something, you're in deep trouble, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, death or prison. Uh, so don't be doing that. Yep. Iran, Saudi Arabia, perfect example. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so they, can they phone up 1-800-CHANTEL-DELOGE-IMMIGRATION <laughs> and, uh, and go, hey, this is my story. And you go, well, do you have family over here in Canada? Or do you go right away to, really, that's your story? Okay, boom, we're working on it. Right. Well, I, I would be looking, first of all, uh, 
I, I try to use refugee status as a very last resort, only if there's no other way, because refugee status is a bit of a gamble. Oh. Uh, sometimes it depends on the member you get on that particular day. It can be a little bit risky, and if you get refused, your deportation comes quickly. So I would look at all the other options first, and if it came down to it and refugee status was the only option, the problem is when someone is outside of Canada, they can't just decide they're going to make a refugee claim. Mm -hmm. They have to have somebody here who's sponsoring them in Canada in order to come over as a refugee, and even then there's a million rules. So yes, I would probably ask them if they have family here, like somebody on the ground who can initiate a sponsorship for them, or some kind of church that's backing them up or something like that. Okay, final question. Sharia law stuff. There's something in my head that says if your religious belief backs up you deciding that your wife or daughter has been misbehaving so you get to beat the snot out of them, I don't think you should come to Canada. Correct. I absolutely agree. If you're going to come to Canada, you have to respect our laws and our traditions and our values and our constitution. No two ways about it. And I don't think any immigration or refugee lawyer out there would say anything different. I often say, look, I am a Canadian first. I am an immigration lawyer second in that order. Mm -hmm. So how are they getting in then, Chantel? Mm. Well, there's no test that really screens for that. I mean, we, we test people in terms of having no criminal record. But if I'm from Saudi Arabia and I beat my wife every day, I won't have a criminal record because it's not even an offense. Right. So y- you you can't, like, test people for their character or personality before they immigrate. So but wouldn't you say, people- hey, what church do you go to? And then you Google it and it says Sharia law on the website. of that. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's not but that simple, is it? You can't punish people for the beliefs. You can punish them for their actions. So just because somebody subscribes to maybe a little bit more extreme, you know, religious view. Yeah. Uh, as long as they're not doing anything illegal, that those are two totally different things. So they can right? believe wacky things as long as they're not following through in those wacky things? Yeah, yeah, actually. And, and part of the security screening for somebody coming into Canada is that you have to write down every organization that you've ever been a member of, whether it's religious, political, etc. And uh, the Canadian Intelligence Services will actually go through those groups wow. and flag anybody who seems to be of concern. <sighs> You have just got a but, fascinating. I mean, we world. can get idiots from everywhere. It's not just. Right. We got a few. Well, in yeah. Canada <laughs> yeah. Already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chantel, thank you for coming into the studio again. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and to see you.